Action Park Media. Let's get a mic check here. One, two, one, two. Episode 14. No gruffs given. I'd like to start with our weekly thank yous. Uh, Kyle Levesque paid $50. He said, I appreciate and enjoy everything you're doing. Also, Nash is a legend. Did I say that one last week? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, Chris Papaleo, brother Chris, $100. Appreciate the pod. We're friends on Instagram. If you ever need film or edit help, let me know, Chris. Uh, you're a good man, fellow patriot. Michael Romand paid you $5. Thanks for the content. Michael wants to uh, chat about NFTs. Um, yeah, maybe. Oh, by the way, I just got the initial designs for our first annual No Gruffs Given merch drop. Now, um, we're not doing it like everybody else does it. We're doing it like the bands do it. So we, I got hooked up with this guy that does all the uh, merch uh, designs, drawings for the Black Crows. We have three designs that are in the process of being made. There's going to be three options, T-shirt, long sleeve, I guess a hat probably. Yeah, that probably sounds right. Uh, three different designs. It's a, it's a surprise. I, I, I wish I could give you. Well, let me tell you something. Three of your favorite characters are going to be in these designs, okay? Three people that we talk about very often, okay? That's all I'm going to – that's a little hint for you just to chew on. And you can decide uh, what you think your choices are. Daniel Peterson, uh, he paid $10. Chest lettuce violation. I have no idea what that means. I mean, I don't have any chest hair, Michael. I have no chest hair. No. Uh, <laughs> chest, chest lettuce violation. Mike Wentz, brother Mike, with a $30 donation. Thanks for the show and fighting the good fight. Huge Ranger fan. And uh, Mike wants to see if he can get a signed poster uh, he wants to purchase one. No, you don't need to purchase. We'll figure it out, Mike. We'll figure it out. Thank you uh, for the content vampires releasing themselves. Okay, not even that. Just just appreciating uh, us in the fight together and and passing the time together uh, and keeping each other updated and with high spirits. High spirits. The seas are flat. All right, we have calm seas. The shore is ahead. We're fucking. We're on our maiden voyage, and it looks all good. Episode 13, No Gruffs Given. Let me start with a quote. A quote from my good friend, uh, President Biden, President Joseph Biden. My message is simple. To companies running gas stations and setting those prices at the pump, this is a time of war and peril. War and peril. Ukraine. (laughs) Just, Just Ukraine. These are not normal times. Bring down the price you are charging at the pump to reflect the uh, cost you are paying for the product. Do it now. Let me just do that one more time. I'll give you a clean version because I even caught myself. I wrote this down. And Joe, this is verbatim. And it even threw me for a loop. He just throws Ukraine in there. Ukraine, period. Okay, let me do it one more time. My message is simple to companies running gas stations and setting those prices at the pump. This is a time of war and peril. Ukraine. These are not normal times. Bring down the price you are charging at the pump to reflect the cost you are paying for the product. Do it now. 
episode 14, No Gruffs Given. I want to start with uh, Dropbox Dave. Dropbox Dave, we have a new uh, technological advancement on the No Gruffs Given podcast. Are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Now, Dave, uh, there's rumblings around the Action Park studios today that you are in a sulky mood. It's just rumors. I've been working on videos, and it's all a bunch of assumptions. Assumptions. That's what it usually is. All assumptions in here? Yeah. So if you, I, I, I mean, I, I saw you walking down the hall. I didn't necessarily notice your gait being different, but what would they be assuming? What happened? Did something happen? No, I just was working on a, on, a, on a victory clip, and then I was working on something for uh, Zulai. So I've been editing most of the day. I just was quiet, and if I don't talk, then that means something wrong. Victory, the Victory podcast, that being uh, the victory great the podcast. Kevin Connolly, Doug Allen, and um, do they have a third anymore? It's uh, Kevin Dillon, Kevin Connolly, yeah, Kevin. Doug Allen. Kevin's here most of the time? Yeah, he's here sometimes, yeah. Sometimes? Is he here all the time, Dave? Or um, I would say eighty percent of the time. Okay, and eighty uh, percent. How was your weekend? It was fun. What, what does that mean? Um, I relaxed. Went to the highlight room on Sunday for a, like a pool party. Uh huh. And I uh, just kind of just rested on Friday and Saturday. What time was the pool party? Uh, what time did it start? It was at like three o'clock in the afternoon until about seven. What time did you leave? Um, about seven fifteen. I had two Ubers cancel on me. Whoa, two! Oh, so that's why you overstayed your welcome? <laughs> yeah, because uh, I literally got was outside. I waved to the Uber driver, turned around to say goodbye to my friend, and then the Uber driver just like took off. What time did you get there? Um, three o'clock. Three to seven. Very punctual. Okay, usually they say don't overstay your welcome at a party, but hey, it must have been a, a, a hell of a party. What? What? Who's working the door at the uh, highlight room? Um, I don't know. My friend was the DJ there. So that's, he came out and got you? Um, he put me on the list before. So when you walked up and you said, uh, they said name on the list. You said, yes, Dropbox Dave. Well, not like that. Cause when I walked in, Pookie was there. And so Pookie was just like, like motioned, like let me in. So I didn't really get to show my ID to get, you know, I was on the list, but I didn't need it. Who's Pookie? Pookie is, uh, another DJ. He also does some stuff here as well. He, you may or may not have met him in the past here. Okay. So for everybody listening, Dave is absolutely dialed in into the LA nightlife scene. I didn't, I didn't get a text. Did no, you get a I text? didn't. No, no, I didn't. Michael, don't feel bad. Okay. I guess we're not on the list. I'm not um, get a text. No, I, I, Hey, I don't know. Maybe sometime <laughs> you never know. I'll come with you anyways. Um, if you're planning on visiting uh, L.A. in the near future, the summer months, it's popping. Dave is the man to know. He, he'll, he'll direct you, maybe even get you on a list. You never know. Episode 14, no gruffs given. Uh, one more quote. It was, uh, well, it was our friend Joe again. So Joe was at a school with toddlers, and uh, Dr. Jill Biden was with him. And at one point, it was kind of a weird, I saw the clip, and it was very random, Joe just sort of, he got a bolt of energy and he looked up and he yelled at the kids. He said, and he pointed across the room. He said, see Dr. Jaw, see that guy right there? He's the guy running the CDC for me, basically. Now, one would say, hey, no problem, Dr. Jaw. The only problem is 
Rochelle Walensky runs the CDC, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Michael, can you just verify that Mm -hmm. for sure? So when he and and by the way, what these are these were kid they were kindergarten kids, right? So I'm not sure if they even know one what the CDC is. I mean, I, I, I kindergartners are smart, but he says he he yells. Remember, bolt of energy comes out of nowhere, like he got hit with lightning. All of a sudden, he perks up, stands up straight. He he points to the other side of the room. He says, "See, Doctor Jaw, that guy right there. He's the guy running the CDC for me." Basically. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Episode 14, no gruffs given. CDC director is Dr. Rochelle Walensky. Yes, Rochelle Walensky. All right. Uh, no mention of Dr. John there being uh, the co-runner. I'm scrolling in their leadership, uh, their webpage, and I don't see any Dr. Jaw there. Uncredited. Uncredited Dr. Jaw. Man Basi- behind the scenes. Basically running the CDC. Episode 14, no gruffs given. Uh, remember, for all donations, if you want to... Um, if you want to come into the light, if you want to stop being a content vampire, uh, you'll go to Venmo at capital N, N-O. So it's at, at no gruffs given. All capitals except for the letters that come after the first letter in each word. <laughs> at N capital O, capital G-R-U-F-F-S, capital G-I-V-E-N. And we are in the process of trying to set up, you know, Zeal, everyone, the Canadians, all you good content vampires in Canada who said, Sean, listen, I'm in Canada. I want to stop being a content vampire. How do I how do I make a donation? We don't have Venmo. I said, "Okay, well, we'll do Zeal. So then I went to Zeal and I tried to set up an account. You can only set up. You can only have one active Zeal account. Now yeah, I already. I was going to ask you that because the it's associated with the bank account, right, right? But if you have multiple bank accounts, you would think you would get multiple Zell. Yeah, Zell is I it think, called Zell? I think it's Zell. Dave, Dave is it Zeal or Zell? Zell. Are you sure? Hundred percent. Okay, hundred percent. Um, well, anyways, I'm in the process of working on it. We have T-shirts being designed. These are going to be like tour T-shirts. You're going to pay a little bit more of a premium because you're getting I – mean, we're not just doing basic like, oh, yeah, no gruffs given, ha, 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 podcast. No, we're doing designs, okay? We're doing designs with three very interesting characters, so get ready. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, let me just start with this because it's kind of a little bit of a spillover of the uh, circus that I had in New York a couple of weeks ago, but – so Rudy Giuliani's in Staten Island. Now his son, Andrew, is running for governor of New York. And, um, you know, I, everything that I've heard from Andrew, he seems like uh, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a DeSantis mold. He, he's, he's got a very similar uh, disposition to uh, DeSantis. Clearly not the pedigree yet, but he's running to be the governor of New York. OK, uh, now Kathy Ho- Hochul is, uh, you know. She she's not really doing much. Remember, she was appointed governor because Cuomo 
couldn't keep his hands to himself, right? And and don't don't I would be remiss if I didn't remind you that Cuomo is in the is in the trenches working on a comeback feverishly. Okay, feverish comeback because he's going to be the comeback kid. Anyways, Rudy's in a in a supermarket and he's got a crowd of people standing around him and a guy in a ShopRite uniform. He worked at the supermarket. It was a ShopRite supermarket. You can see the video online. He walks up behind Giuliani and he kind of gives him I, I would to say that he got slapped in the back. I mean, that can mean a bunch of different things. Somebody comes up and says hi to you. They give you a, a, a slap on the back. Right. Might be a guy that's more of a slapper than a patter. It was in the middle of his back. OK, it wasn't in the neck area. It was it was in the mid range back area. It can mean anything. OK, what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean a third degree assault charge a third-degree menacing charge, and a second-degree harassment charge. This guy had no priors, okay? He was wearing a mask in the supermarket. We obviously know the guy clearly despises Rudy Giuliani for uh, the laptop from hell. Let's just start there. Definitely doesn't uh, respect him for what he did to New York City post 9-11. Doesn't respect him for all the guns that he took off the street, how he essentially made New York the safest, most prosperous city in the entire fucking world. No, he hates Giuliani because of the laptop from hell. I'm assuming, right? Who are the cops? Who are the, the and this is why I have such a very difficult time, right? Like, on one hand, I want to say, you guys have a tough job. But on the other hand, I'm so disappointed by you NYPD officers. You don't get out of the car. You don't arrest somebody unless you're going to get probably your name in the paper or you're going to get your picture taken. You charge this guy with third degree assault, third degree menacing and second degree harassment. Watch the video. If we can... If we can clip the video and play it, we will. But if not, just look it up. These cops that went and actually pressed these charges and whatever station chief authorized the charges to be pressed, they should all be fucking ashamed of themselves as these animals run around New York City and 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 steal and shoot people. Uh, and, and by the way, this is white, black, purple, yellow, gray. OK, this this isn't this is. The criminals of New York City who are taking it over and turning it into Gotham and they fucking charge. And by the way, I like Rudy Giuliani. I'm a Giuliani guy. OK, if Rudy can't take us a, a, a slap on the on the back, well, then, you know, suck it up. All right. Suck it up. It's a fucking embarrassment. It is an embarrassment. It is a sideshow in that city. And all of you cops that take part in this. Honestly, you guys are a joke. You guys are a joke. I can't stand here and respect the job that you have every day when you when you when you when you act in this this sideshow manner. It's disgusting. Let Rudy handle himself. Rudy said he felt like he got shot. Give me a break. All right. We saw the fucking video. The guy patted him slash slapped him on the back, not on the ass on his fucking back. All right. The world has lost their mind. Um, That being said, the New York, uh, sorry, the Supreme Court. Okay, I believe it was the Supreme Court. Let me just make sure on this. The Supreme Court 
finally just came down with a ruling to not allow Mayor Adams, who was um, essentially trying to allow undocumented citizens or people that weren't Americans that live in New York City vote. Okay, so the Supreme Court has said, hold on a second. Yeah, that that's not legal. You, you can't do that. Okay, just like they also said that it's not legal to enforce a no carry permit law. Right. The Second Amendment is the Second Amendment. You can't say people can't have guns anyways. It's a long story, but but they just hammered New York twice. Why is that? Well, maybe because New York has these unethical, crazy rules that they put in place post Giuliani. Everything comes around full circle because the streets were clean in New York City and safe when Giuliani allowed the police to do their job. But now they don't. So then they try and add in these other layers of additional rules. Well, then you can't carry a gun. By the way, that doesn't stop the criminals from carrying guns. Okay, all it does is make people that aren't criminals that want to carry a gun so that if they get caught in a drive by three o'clock in the afternoon in Brooklyn, maybe they can defend themselves. That's all it is. That's the Supreme Court. I'm not even going to get into the other stuff. Uh, um, but I, I do want to uh, – there was something I wanted to show you when it comes to that. Um, and by the way, we're going to come back to uh, Joe because the cue cards, the cue cards are – the cue cards are incredible. Have you seen the, the, the cue cards? No. Oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get to those. Um, all right, Waterloo, Ontario. I grew up in Kitchener, Ontario. I grew up going to see the Kitchener Rangers play at the Kitchener Auditorium. I was a Kitchener Bauer Kraut, which is the AAA team, Pee-wee AAA team. It was the first team that I played on that they gave us equipment. Bauer supplied the team with equipment. We all had the same pants, helmets, gloves. We even had sticks way back in the day. I wish I had. You think about all the stuff that I should have saved. Like, I don't have one of those sticks from my Pee-wee team, from my Bauer Kraut team. We had our names on our sticks fucking 12 years old i didn't save one it's a shame you know what i mean but you live and you learn i just wish that uh you know well now i can say to you if you're a young guy out there just think about certain things in certain moments talk it away buy one of those big plastic bins that that uh, you can fit a stick in and all sorts of shit and just fill it up as the years go on you'll be happy anyways the waterloo region district school board They want to update their dress code for schools in its jurisdiction so it allows students to expose their cleavage, abdomen, and undergarments. Truth. This is honest-to-God truth. They want to allow students to show their cleavage, abdomen, and undergarments. Draft Board Policy 6010. Student dress cites the uh, commitments to fostering inclusive environments and anti-discrimination to justify the updated policy. So what, what exactly does that mean? That you want, to, you want to let the people that want to walk around, the kids, again, the, these are children, that want to show cle- cleavage and their previously student dress codes detrimentally impacted students who are female-identifying, indigenous, black, racialized, gender diverse, transgender and non-binary and or financially insecure students with disabilities and or those experiencing other forms of marginalizations. So they threw in the um, financially insecure 
talking point to kind of balance it out. So because maybe they come from a low income family, they don't have enough clothes to actually cover their entire body. So let's put that in there so that we can let the, 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 the crazies run around with no clothes on. Essentially, these are kids in a school, Waterloo district school board. Okay. Shame on you. I, 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 it's almost a double shame on you. I saw a clip on social media where a woman was saying, if we had these kinds of conversation in the workplace, it would be referred to as sexual harassment. But somehow, all of a sudden, this conversation is happening all the time in schools and around kids, and it's not considered the same thing. Yeah. Because you can't have that conversation at work. What? Uh, that I want to show more tit and yeah. ass? No. What would happen? You cannot. You, get you would ref- get in trouble. You get. You work in. You work in. Uh, yeah. You uh, take all those classes and whatever to be compliant. And so if you said, "Hey, I want to come to work tomorrow, and I want to, uh, I want to show a little bit of ball sack." Yeah. You'd get referred to HR. It, it would be <laughs> the end of the world. Uh, uh, here it comes. Now again, let me tell you something. All right. Democrats are vowing to implement a transformative plan that seeks to add about. A million foreign-born residents on green cards to the United States voter rolls by securing them. Naturalized American citizenship. Okay? So that's on top of essentially just open the floodgates and we'll send, we'll send these migrants to New York where up until a few days ago – they didn't even have to have their green card. They just walked into an office, got an ID, and now they're on a voter roll, right? You, you, you see all the different angles that they're – it's a strategic attack, and I got to tell you, it's very organized. Can't figure out how to take gas prices down, but we can actively put a plan together how to infiltrate the United States of America, the, the country that we're living in, right? And we'll get into some Canada stuff. Um, yeah, I, I don't need to. I don't need to go into it a- anymore. It's 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 a plan and it's in it's in motion. Um, what else? Um, I was going to go into the numbers of that, but uh, ah, here we go. Oh, by the way, the uh, uh, DNC, which is uh, I believe the Democratic National Committee, National Committee, the DNC, they've conveniently, I guess, out of. Um, they're concerned about inflation. So they have, out of the goodness of their hearts, not because the demand is down, but they have cut the price to take a picture with VP Harris at the Women's Leadership Forum from $15,000 to $5,000. So I don't know. I mean, would it be demand? Do you think that there's a high demand of people that want to pay fifteen k to take a picture with VP Harris? I don't know. I'm not going to answer that question. They have decided that maybe it's because inflation, maybe it's because of demand. 15K to 5K, I think that that was uh, extremely nice of them, really, to say the least. Publix. Now, for all of you that are in Florida listening, and I'm not sure how many locations Publix has across the country, but Publix pharmacies in Florida will not offer coronavirus vaccine shots to children younger than five. get a little round of applause golf claps public pharmacies okay Publix. now the grocery store chain said it declines offering the vaccine approved for children ages four and under at this time 
The chain declined to say why when asked by the outlet. Um, yeah. In 2021, uh, there's 1,293 public supermarkets in the United States. Wow. Wow. So they're all over the place. Yeah. But the publics in Florida have decided to take a stand. It's too bad that, that more of them across the country. Um, are we sure? Those 1,200 aren't all in Florida, I'm I'll pull it up. That's a lot of grocery stores and, and or pharmacies. Um, Pfizer and Moderna, Moderna got the okay for their under five coronavirus vaccines Friday from the U.S. FDA and Saturday from the CDC. Uh, CDC, remember, the CDC not run by Rochelle Walensky, by that guy over there. You see that guy over there, Dr. Jaw? He's the guy that runs the CDC, basically. Episode 14, no gruffs given. Um, There's 832 Publix locations in Florida, yep. which is by far the most. Um, it looks like surrounding states have some as well, Georgia. Has 194, Alabama 82, South Carolina 64. So okay, so it's definitely uh, it's a regional. It's a regional thing there on that side of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, again, good on Publix uh, pharmacies in Florida. Uh, speaking of which, 70% of kids four and under have had COVID and recovered from COVID. Now, that being said, Moderna's trials show a 50 50 chance that the vaccine for kids for uh, five and under will prevent symptoms. Now, interesting that, that this came out in, in some of the um, um, Moderna um, trial paperwork, right? This isn't the Pfizer dump. Uh, this was just a, a, something that came out that I picked up on. So they're saying to you, listen, our trials show that there's a 50-50 chance the vaccine will prevent symptoms. Interesting how now it's symptoms. So it's not that the vaccine will prevent you from getting coronavirus, because I, I guess essentially, and, and based on everything else that I've read, that's just off the table now. We know for a fact the vaccine doesn't stop you from getting COVID-19, okay? But what we do know is that there's a 50-50 chance that it'll stop you from having symptoms. So there's zero clarity on any of this, right? Unless you do the digging. Unless you do the digging and find out what's really happening under the bed. Where is the scary monster? Uh, United States has now agreed to uh, give Ukraine an additional $7.5 billion to pay for the Ukrainian government salaries. So not only... So, yeah, I, I just like... Uh, fuck... What seven point five billion to pay? I can't believe how long is that for? I guess is one question. How many fucking government employees? What is the federal payroll in the U.S., Michael, per year? Can you find that out? That would be interesting just to put it in a comparison. Um, seven point five billion we're going to send over there to pay uh, President Zelensky's salary amongst all the other federal employees. Now, again, listen. It's all relative, right? Like if we were chipping in, maybe that sounds like a better idea than we paying the entire bill. Why are we paying the entire bill? And where does that $7.5 billion come from? Could you imagine you you put $7.5 billion into um, uh, after school programs? 
You, you imagine how many fucking stars we would have come out of those after school programs if we had 7.5 billion and you um, created some sort of a committee to oversee that 7.5 billion and we actually paid those people health, healthy salaries. Like, hey, you're going to run this committee. You're going to run this program. You got 7.5 billion to dole out to after school programs and we want results and we're going to pay you 300,000 a year. Why not? Why would that be a bad investment versus now we're just going to put $7.5 billion on a plane. We're going to fly it over to Ukraine. They're going to unload it. Uh, I, do you think a billion is going to fall off the back of the plane into other people's pockets? I, if I was a betting man, I would say yes. But again, unless we want to make the decision to do something, um, it's just going to keep going on and, and, and happening. Uh, this, is a, this is a good one. Did you find that? I didn't. Um, you got to be able to find it, no? I would think so, but I bet because they're broken out into so many different— They um, just don't have an overall. Like an overall number. I'm yeah. sure I can f- find it with a little digging. I'll keep looking. So uh, last week, uh, President Biden had—I um, guess he doesn't even really try to hide it anymore. If you've seen him in any sort of uh, press conference or briefing or anything where the cameras are on, he has these cue cards, Right. Well, thanks to Getty Images, we got a very clear picture of what the cue cards say. So this is what they say, okay? Uh, This is a sequence of events. They essentially, they write them down in the sequence of events as he's going to enter the room. Starting with, you enter the Roosevelt Room and say hello to participants, This is the honest-to-God truth. This is what's written on the President of the United States cue cards. Enter the Roosevelt Room and say hello to the participants. You take your seat. Now, you is in all capital letters. (laughs) Take and then your seat, your, is in capital letters. That's the second one. You take your seat. Number three, the press enters. Number four, you, again in capital letters, give brief comments. Minutes. The word minutes is in there with, um, I don't know what those are called, but minutes. Number five, the press departs. Number six, you ask Liz Schuler, AFL, CIO, president, a question. Note, Liz is joining virtually. So she'll be up on that big screen up there. You don't need to be mic'd. You just say your words out in the open, and they'll get picked up, and Liz will hear you, and she'll answer back. You thank participants. You depart. Yep. What, what, what do you want me to say? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm just telling you. I'm not making a joke of this. I mean, are we concerned? Yeah, a little bit. Somewhat. I mean, this is the most – this would be like if you were trying to give what? A, a 12-year-old directions on how to enter the camera? Like, okay, this is what you're going to do. I don't think the 12-year-old would walk in with his cue card. I think he would memorize these and go, okay, uh, you, re- you enter the Roosevelt Room. You, you, you take your seat. Yep, okay. Then the press enters. You can't really control that. You see the press entering. You give brief comments. Okay, I remember my speech. I'm going to stand up at the mic. Somebody's going to point. Press departs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Episode 14, No Gruffs Given. Um, 
Governor Newsom in California has announced stimulus checks because California has, I believe, the highest gas in the country as of today, average $6.32 per gallon. Uh, $1,000 checks are going to be mailed out to people that I believe, and I was trying to figure this out, like, yeah, no, not everyone's going to get the 1000 just people below the poverty line, I believe, or on social assistance, some sort of sort of uh, state social f- program. I, d- I don't know. They didn't explain it, but those checks are going out. So we will pay that money to other people um, because we're hurting at the pumps as well, but they're hurting more. So uh, it's essentially our fault, even though it's not our fault, but it's somebody else's fault, I guess. The U.S. Army. So stick on the theme a little bit. I'm going to get through this quickly, I promise. Uh, The U.S. Army whistleblower. There's a U.S. Army whistleblower who has said, essentially, released a bunch of documents that there's uh, 120,000 U.S. Army troops Still unvaccinated. The only problem is there's a June 30th deadline the Army has set for everyone in the Army to be vaccinated. Now, you might ask yourself, what is going to happen? What's going to happen if that if that goes through? Because I don't think that um, 120,000 troops are all, all of a sudden going to go and get vaccinated. Well, it's going to mean that the U.S. Army is going to be combat ineffective. (laughs) Like I I can't even, it's not even, and I I love that combat ineffective. It's as clear as it. So what does that mean? It means that we will not have an army that is actually effective in combat because we won't have enough people in the army anymore. 120,000 of the roughly 450,000 in the U.S. army. That is a staggering fucking number. Let me just say that right now, okay? They are denying religious exemptions. They are dying natural immunity, i.e. previously infected. So what are they going to do? Who's going to blink first, okay? And it's funny. The majority of these 120,000 troops are the troops that that, that see uh, active duty, right? The guys that are – the guys and girls that are on the ground. So it's not the, the, the ones pencil pushing, the engineers, the um, – it, it's, it's, it's the soldiers. The soldiers are essentially saying, no, we're not doing it because we rely on our bodies to stay alive and we're not putting in anything in our body that doesn't need to go in our body. Do you guys see that fly flying around? Yeah. Have you noticed it the whole yeah. time? Just, I just noticed it. It buzzed me. <clears throat> it's right on that light right up there. Should I get it? I mean, I don't know. Do you think people see a fly flying around in the middle of uh, the show? I don't think they can. You don't think so? No. You, you're sure? Yeah, because it spent most of the time on the window right here in front of me. Okay, Dave. All right. <laughs> We're going with Dave on that one. Okay. If you see a fly, please send in comments and tell us because, um, well, we want to know. Nancy Pelosi, uh, you, you got to love Nancy. Okay. Th- this is a real topper for me. Myra Flores, Myra Flores, and I hope I'm saying her name correct, 36-year-old woman born in Mexico. She is the first Mexican-born woman to be appointed to Congress. She's the first Mexican-born woman in Congress. Well, 
What's interesting is they have these uh, ceremonies, right? So she was a, a new um, congressional seat, so they come in and they take pictures. Well, Nancy Pelosi attended this uh, ceremony. Uh, have you seen the video? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Um, Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable is a fucking understatement. I mean. Go tr- ahead and look up this video. Now, you tell me what happened, okay? Nancy Pelosi, Mrs. Flores' daughter, proud as can be. Could, could you imagine how proud you are? Like your mom, born in Mexico, she's now a, a U.S. congresswoman. Congresswoman. She's got a seat in Congress, the first Mexican-born to ever have a seat in Congress. Her daughter's standing beside Nancy Pelosi on the, on the podium, and Nancy Pelosi gives her a fucking elbow. He, she elbows her. She tries to do it in a way that makes it look like it wasn't an elbow, but now when you see the video, it's like, that's a two-minute fucking elbow. That's two minutes for elbowing. You tried to just elbow an 11-year-old off the fucking podium. You're the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. Do you see what's happening? Go see the video and watch it. I'm not making this up. It's insanity. It is insanity. Um, not to be outdone, though, finally, and almost I'm almost done, the Trudeau government. The Trudeau government is alleged to have attempted to politically interfere in the RCMP's investigation of the Nova Scotia mass shooting. There was a mass shooter in Nova Scotia about a year ago. The guy went on a rampage. Notes by RCMP officers responding to the shooting claim Commissioner Brenda Lucky made a promise to Liberal Public Safety Minister Bill Blair and the Prime Minister's office to use the mass shooting towards implementing Trudeau's gun control agenda. All right. So essentially what the conservatives are saying based on these notes that they found is that um, Trudeau and the liberal government wanted the details of the gun released while there was an ongoing investigation. They wanted everyone in Canada to know that it was an AR-16 or whatever the the rifle, the, the, the automatic weapon that the guy used so that they could then take to the airwaves and say gun control, gun control, gun control. The only problem is... It was during an active investigation, right? It was like a few days after. They were still trying to put the pieces together. Police work says, no, we're not going to say what type of gun this guy was using because maybe the guy that sold him the gun will now know that he's in trouble and he's going to blow, he's going to get out of here and we want to get him because maybe there's more guns. Go down any fucking wormhole you want. I'm not a cop. I'm not an RCMP, but you don't do that. Okay, that's what's happening. It's just a sliver. Every single week, there's something new with this crazed lunatic in Canada, Prime Minister Trudeau. All right, I don't, I, I don't even know what to call him at this point. Um, he gets up there. He's just incredible. He's an incredible actor. That guy. Um, I think that's all I have. Um, yeah, and 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 let's talk some hockey, right? So. The Colorado Avalanche are your 2022 Stanley Cup winners. 2022? Yep. Yep. Colorado Avalanche. Kale McCarr, the youngest defenseman to ever win the Conn Smythe Trophy since Bobby Orr. That is impressive. Had all 16 votes. I believe it possibly is the first time anyone has, has received every single vote 
for Conn Smythe voting. That is a clear runaway landslide. How well did he play? He played pretty good. Let's look at his stats. He played 20 games. He had 29 points. Eight goals, 21 assists. Eight goals, 21 assists for a defenseman. It's, it's an astronomical number. Plus seven points per game, 145, which is interesting because um, uh, I have a stat here uh, uh, regarding uh, McKinnon. McKinnon, what did I do? Where did I write that down? Oh, yeah, points per game in the playoffs. Yeah, okay, so 99 has the highest, 1.84 points per game. Mario, 66, 1.61 points per game. Nathan McKinnon, number 29, 1.33 points per game. He is the third highest, but Kale McCarr has 1.45 points per game. So maybe this is all time. I believe this, this must be all time. Yes, not just for this past year. Correct, got it. Um, regardless, I mean, that would put Kale McCarr on the list as a defenseman. Okay, ultimately, if he could put up the same numbers for one more playoff run next year. And uh, that is very impressive. Now, he also won the Norris Trophy, correct? He did, yeah. And we were trying to figure out what the fuck was going on because the NHL awards, Kale McCarr was at the NHL awards and it was the night before a game. I think it was game four. Yeah. Yes. It was the night before Mm -hmm. game four. Uh, They did the NHL awards in Tampa Bay this year. Pretty cool. And I guess I'm assuming that was so that Gary and all the NHL people could be there and not have to fly to Vegas or they did it afterwards at some point. I, I don't know. I can definitely see that fly flying around. But, <laughs> Dave, that's your call. Uh, let me go through the rest of my stuff. Oh, well, I had you a, know, Kale McCarr also was averaging over 27 minutes a night. Yeah. I mean, that's just... It, it, he's doing it everywhere. He's yeah. on the PK. He's doing it everywhere. Yeah, that's those are big numbers. Let me see. I mean, Connor McDavid was averaging 23 minutes a night. Uh, so, yeah, top 10 scoring for this playoffs. McDavid, one. Dreisaitl, two. McCarr, three. Kucherov, four. Rantanen, five. Rantanen quietly with a monster fucking playoffs. 25 points in 20 games. Huge playoff. For um, Miko Rantanen. McKinnon, six, 24 points. Was this before? No, no, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Zabanajad, seventh, 24 points. Fox, eight. Landeskog, nine. Uh, Andre Palat, 10. Stamkos, 11. So I re- Hedman, 12. Okay. So part of the reason, and I'm going to get into that, I, I think that Colorado, look, Tampa, Tampa had some guys that just didn't. And, and Alex Kalorn, I'm a huge Alex Kalorn guy. Take Alex Kalorn on your team any day of the week, right? Are there, are there more, is there a more reliable guy? Like he, he, he's the, find me more Alex Kalorns if I'm a general manager in the league. Killer didn't score a goal all playoffs. He had eight the previous year. That is a big blow. Think about those eight goals. You know, eight goals in the playoff, that's not like four empty netters. Chances are those eight goals are game-winning goals, right? Or goals that, that helped you win a game. Um, it's, it's a difference. Let's say that you take four or half of them are, are different make, difference-maker goals. He had zero, okay? That is a huge thing. 
Brandon Hagel, two goals. Now they gave up two first-round draft picks for Hagel. I think part of it was triggered if Tampa made it to the Stanley Cup Finals, right? Yeah. Correct. It wasn't if they won the Stanley Cup. Part of that deal was if they got to the Finals, that second turned into a first. So I think it it is official now. They gave up two first-round picks for Hagel. He had two goals. If I'm Brendan Hagel, if I'm if I'm if I'm John Cooper, those exit meetings, you say one thing to Brandon Hagel. You need to get stronger this summer. You are like a wet fucking sponge out here. You're like Gumby. You get thrown off the puck way too easy. You're too light, you're not strong enough. I'm not necessarily concerned about your weight, but I need you stronger so that you can win battles below the hash marks in both ends of the rink. Not just the offensive zone, the defensive zone too. I mean, you're playing, he, he, he essentially became a checker. He was on a checking line with uh, Kalorn and... Um, Belmar. And Belmar, was that the line? Um, Belmar was the fourth line center for most of the playoffs. No, it was uh, Hagel, Killer, and uh, the left-hand shot. No, the kid, uh, the young kid, left-hand shot, didn't score enough either. Uh, I'll tell you right now. Ross Colton? Yeah, yes, Colton. Yes. So, yeah, Colton had – how many goals did Colton had? Colton had – He had five and four. Colton had five goals. They were early in the playoffs. He was a minus two. Nick Paul had five goals. I'm going to give Nick Paul a B-plus for his playoffs, Okay. Do I think that I needed more out of him? Yes. Because when he had great games, he was dominant, right? He just didn't have enough of them, okay? And he's a big guy, and he should have had more. Hedman had three goals. Sergi had two. Uh, Belmar had two. Not enough production from Belmar. Tony Sorelli had three. Tony scored three big goals. I, I can't remember the goals, but it seemed like all three of them were huge goals. Tampa didn't get enough production up front. You know, they had Cooch with 27 points. Uh, Palat had a monster playoff, 23 games, 11 goals, 10 assists, 21 points. Stammer, 19 points, 11 goals, all big goals. Uh, Hedman, 19. Corey Perry, 11 points. Sergachev, 10. Colton, 9. Paul, 9. Sorelli, 8. Maroon, 6. I'll take Pat Maroon's 6 points this playoffs all day. He was effective. He had a great playoffs run. Uh, Corey Perry, I believe he might be the only player that's ever played three consecutive Stanley Cups on the losing team. On three different, yeah, on three different teams. That's a fucking tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Um, Kadri, Cogliano both played with broken fingers. That is impressive. That is impressive. Bowen Byram played the most five on five minutes. for on all teams, okay, Tampa and Colorado. He played the most five-on-five minutes, and the Avs in those minutes outshot Tampa 79-44. to That is a huge stat. I don't understand the Corsi rating and all that shit. I don't know what it means. That is a huge stat. If, if this guy's on the ice for that many minutes and his team outshoots the uh, opposition 79-44, to then that means this guy is a beast. You can't get lucky with that sort of statistic over a six-game series. This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and your tushies do too. 
Huggies Little Movers is their best-fitting diaper ever with its curved and stretchy fit. Babies, no matter what kind of butt you've got, you'll feel comfy while your mushy little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Huggies Little Movers are curved with up to 12-hour protection against leaks. Get your baby butt in Huggies Best-Fitting Diaper. Huggies Little Movers. We got you, baby. Uh, shout out to Phil Maroon, Pat's brother, who would uh, FaceTime me before every game because he's a crazy, superstitious fucking nut job. Uh, we love you. We love you, Phil. Uh, you know what? Leah Hextall. Leah Hextall. I, I want to congratulate Leah Hextall. Leah Hextall had a tough, she had a tough go. Okay, there was a lot of things that went on. They, they basically, the, uh, she turned the uh, internet upside down. People were upset. She called the game with Dominic Moore, that Dallas series. We were doing it on Patreon. We had, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't even remember what happened. My brain exploded during that series because of Leah Hextall. But you know what? She stuck with it, okay? She put the fucking work in, and I feel Leah Hextall is going to come back bigger and better than ever, all right? Is she on Emily Kaplan's level? It's tough to say. <laughs> I had a DM exchange with Emily Kaplan today, mind Whoa. you. We had a good chat on Instagram. Uh, she responded to my story last night. I said that she should have won the con Smythe for uh, <laughs> going the entire playoffs wearing a mask. She said, Sean, thank you. I really had to gut it out wearing it the whole time. Proud of my performance, too. Laughing face emoji. I said, you know what? Funny you should say that. I have an entire segment in Wednesday's podcast to talk about you becoming an emerging star. And I think it's all calculated. The only thing we need to work on is turning up your volume. Can we blame the boom guy? All right. Nobody could hear her. She asked a coach a question. One out of two, they're like, sorry, I can't hear you. Repeat the question. She, when she's just in front of the glass, not even, I couldn't hear what she was saying. I couldn't hear Emily the entire playoffs, okay? Except for a few questions when she asked, uh, who did she ask if they were soft, if she thought somebody was soft? That was a good one. That was early in the playoffs. Oh, okay. She had some hum, humdingers. All right? I want a super clip put together of Emily Kaplan's playoff. We, we, it's probably already out already. We should find that. Um, I think it was all calculated, and I think she's a genius because we're talking about her right now. All right, she took the mask off. She took it off. She took the mask off. Who did she interview? Uh, I think she was Nathan interviewing McKinnon. Nate McKinnon. Yeah, Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon got room seventeen eighty seven. He said there's an eighty seven in it. I, I knew we were going to win because I love Sidney Crosby. I mean, uh, I guess. Fuck. Seems like it makes sense, right? Emily was doing the interview without a mask on. She is the true champion. I think that uh, uh, there's an asterisk beside uh, Kale McCarr's Con Smythe because Emily Kaplan is a close second. Luke Richardson just got hired by the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, let's talk some goaltending, Michael. Yeah. We got we free agency. So it's going to be a busy offseason, and there were some glaring um, goaltending problems with some of these playoff teams. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in Vegas, but right now they're locked in with Leonard, uh, and they got the young kid too. So, well, who hopefully, are the teams? Ho- hopefully, Leonard. Listen, hopefully the guy gets some rest this summer. Yeah, and he comes in and he's ready to go. Um, the flurry thing, like, okay, he had some some trials and tribulations this year, but we just need uh, Leonard to come in, Robin Leonard to come in, and just play, just yeah. play. 
Because your sound bites and you're, you're all over the place, bro. So yeah. what are they going to do? I don't know. I don't know either. And I think, um, you know, the, when you look at who's UFA um, this offseason, as far as goaltenders go, um, the top one is Marc-Andre Fleury. Well, um, I know Darcy Kemper, but I hate to say that that's a done deal that they're going to make in Colorado. But Oh, by the way, by the way, first of all, I would sign neither of those goalies. Yeah. I mean, would you sign Darcy Kemper to an eight-year deal and say, this is our goalie for the no. future? No. At, at, at unrestricted free agent money? No. Let him go to Toronto? You know, totally. What's going to happen is Kemper's not going to get the deal he wants with Colorado. He's going to go to the open market. He's going to see everybody else is a little bit timid. And there's one team that's going to give him a solid, we'll give you $5 million, you sign a one-year deal. And you come here and try and help us win the cup this year. Then you can hit pay dirt. But I would never in a million years give Kemper an eight-year deal, lock him up as a future goalie. Toronto, is Kemper a better goalie than Jack Campbell? You got to say yes. Yeah. I mean, I, unequivocally, yes. He just won the Stanley Cup. He missed some time. He didn't play the entire playoffs. But he's a Stanley Cup winner. So does Toronto. Campbell's on that list. Yeah? Campbell's on the list, yeah. Who the fuck's going to sign Jack Campbell to a long-term deal? Not Toronto. No. Not, no one. Nobody. It's he, he's going to be in the same situation with another team. Yes. Right? The other team being, I don't know who, but they say, we need a goalie on a one-year deal. We'll give you $5 million. Come in and try and win us a cup. Yeah. That's the only way you're going to hit pay dirt. Yep. Because these two guys are just, it's the same as Vili Husso. So I like Vili Husso. I know you do. But and, and I actually like Charlie Lindgren, who's a little bit older and, and, and behind him. I actually think that Toronto could go and make a move, a trade somewhere for Bennington. Because I think Bennington's sort of um, done in St. Louis to some degree. Well, the problem is Huso is pissed off with St. Louis. Yeah. So, yeah, could they make amends and say, listen, we don't want you to leave. Yeah. But I, but you, that's just a pipe dream. It's I a mean, pipe dream a little bit. But Bennington I think Bennington won this, won them a Stanley Cup. He's still their guy, and he hasn't uh, been well. Like he hasn't done well since the Cup. Well, he had a good playoffs until he got hurt. Yeah, he didn't start the playoffs because he didn't have a good season. Right, and then, so he he bounced back during the playoffs for sure. He did, and and you know, listen, the sophomore jinx is a thing that happens, mm -hmm. right? He came out of nowhere. Yeah, he wins the Stanley Cup. Yeah, he comes back. All this fucking pressure on him, all of a sudden, you got to play 45, 50 games. Yeah. You're our guy, right? Yep. He's a kid. Well, it takes and, a minute. Yeah, but, you know, he and he signed for six years um, at six per. So if they're not sure, then they have to move on. Well, yeah, he's not so, gonna be, you're not going to have a $6 million backup. Right. So then who's the team that would overpay for somebody? That's just where I feel like. Toronto would maybe do something like that. Well, Toronto doesn't have. I, I'm sure Toronto. It would doesn't, be a trade for sure. Yeah, but I'm not sure they have room for six years at six million. Yeah. I could be wrong. And, and that—that's also you're not going to make that deal. The only way you sign a goalie for a long-term deal is if you know he's the guy. Yeah. You can't fuck around and take chances yeah. on. You know, goalies are in a tougher spot than than players because there's only two of them. Yeah. You know, but the, they're becoming the, even more valuable, too, when you talk about the, the workload split that's happened. So we were looking um, right before we started recording, and Kevin Connolly came over, and we were, we were all talking, and, and he had mentioned, like, you know, when you play that many regular season games, 
going deep into the playoffs, it's difficult. So one of the things, and not that we're making excuses for Tampa, but Vasilevsky has played a lot of hockey. Yeah. And this year in particular, at the end of two Stanley Cup winning runs where he played less, he played 63 regular season games this year. He played 24 games in the playoffs. And, you know, and then you talk about the end of that long run, he's playing every other night. Yeah. So, you know, is Elliot you know, the right move for, for Tampa. Are they looking for a one-year deal guy uh, to come in and eat half the time so that Vazzy can be a little bit fresher going into the playoffs? Again, he, here's the difficulty. It's like, um, how do you find a backup? I mean, Brian Elliott is a he, – he's he's not a backup, right? right. Yeah. Brian Elliott, Brian Elliott should be the goalie coach now yeah. at this point. I mean, I love the guy. Yeah. He looks – you see him in the nets, it's like fucking – it's like uh, shocking. Yeah. You don't know what to do. Yeah. What are they going to do? How, how They can't spend that much money. That's the problem. You have to draft your backup goalies. Yes. You have to draft your backup goalies who uh, are backups who become your goalie. So we talked about this in the Edmonton series where it was like, okay, Mike Smith was struggling, struggling a little bit. Uh, Edmonton was not comfortable going to Miko. Um, uh, Koskinen, who's yeah. now left and gone to Europe. Um, they weren't comfortable going to him. So why wasn't Skinner on the bench? And I feel the same way about Tampa. It's like, if you're not going to go to Elliott and not that he needed that Vazzy needed to get pulled or anything, but if you're not going to go to him at all, if it's like not an option at all, then I would rather have whoever well, your number one guy is in, in AHL. Yeah. 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 I agree. Well, I think that what we'll probably see is some of those names now, Getting jobs. Yeah. Now you just have to. Yeah. The salary cap is putting such a hamper on these teams that they have to get creative. Like, uh, I mean, I guess Colorado's in a decent situation or was because they had a backup goalie that won them some games in yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, big time. That's what I mean. So Darcy Kemper. So it's interesting. So as I was looking up these stats, like who played the most regular season games this year, um, of course, and not surprising at all, UC Soros in Nashville yep. um, played 67 games. You know, he had big save Dave behind him. Yep. <laughs> um, Connor Hellebuck in, in Winnipeg has been doing this for years. He played the lion's share. He played 66 games, so second most in the league. Yep. Demko plays the third most, and then it's Vazzy. But as I'm going down the list, I noticed that Darcy Kemper actually played 57 games this year. So then I was like, well, does that make him and Vasilevsky sort of equal in that? Well, Kemper only played 16 playoff games. So in that end-of-the-season run, Kemper only plays in 16 games. Vazzy plays in 24 games. Well, yeah, you you also can't compare them because, I mean, the back end of Colorado is the only back end that can actually compare to the back end of Tampa. I mean, Tampa, because you have Victor Hedman. Victor Hedman's like the equivalent of three players. Yeah. And then you've got Sergachev, who's a pretty fucking good two, followed by McDonough. Yeah, McDonough. Okay. What a playoffs for Ryan McDonough. He 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 got tired. Honestly, uh, the last two this 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 final was the worst that I've seen McDonough play. He was still great, but you could see it starting to take its toll on him. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the, we're talking about two teams. So yeah, uh, Kemper wins all those games for Colorado. He's got a fucking. He's got maybe the greatest living defenseman in the history of the game playing in front of him. This kid is a kid. You think about how good McCarr's going to be in six years. Yeah. And fucking Byram. And who else do they have? 
Who are the uh, Samuel Gerard? Gerard was great while he was while he was playing. When he wasn't Devon Tays. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Tays is a defenseman. Yeah. Yeah. Guy had 15 points in 20 playoff games plus eight. Yeah. Playing and 25 minutes a night. So this is what we were talking about um, Fuck. two weeks ago when they were saying who's the best one-two punch in the league, and and everybody just automatically says Dreisaitl and McDavid or Marner and Matthews. And I said, could it be Makar and Taves? Absolutely. Because if you don't have Devon Taves holding it down. What do you mean? Devon Taves and, and Kale McCarr are Stanley Cup winners right now. Yeah. How could you say anyone is a better one? To, I don't give a shit how many points fucking McDavid and Dreisaitl get. Yeah. This, these two well, guys. Well, Colorado walked right over them, didn't they? Yeah. These two guys are, I mean, you couldn't find maybe the greatest defense pairing ever in the history of the NHL. It's quite possible. Based on one fucking season. Yeah. No one has ever put up those types of numbers. Yeah. That's a, it's a very interesting storyline. Uh, Valerie Nashushkin, what a beast! He he's going to get a be. he's going to get a payday this off season. Yeah, um, yeah. somebody's going to probably overpay for that. Kadri, I mean, they, oh, I mean, and so then you think too, like staying healthy or getting healthy at the right time or being able to perform at the right time. Colorado got a little bit; they had a little bit of luck on their side with the fact that Landis Gog was able to come back from a knee surgery in the middle of March. And come back and have the playoffs he had. And then Kadri, to be able to come back after thumb surgery, how's he even holding his stick? And then on top of that, scoring big time goals in the final. So Yeah, but they also made the right deals at the at the deadline. You're Getting right. Manson, Manson, that's your guy. Cogliano, Helm. Uh Helm had won a Stanley Cup. Yep. Cogliano, a thousand NHL games. Yeah. Uh you know, they just made better deals. Yeah. They made and that's where you know the Brandon, the Brandon Hagel, and the Nick Paul deals. Uh, I like the Nick Paul deal, even after it's all said and yeah. done. The Hagel deal stings yeah. a little bit. The Hagel deal stings, and that maybe that's the difference. Honestly, yeah, that's that's like you know. I mean, look at Arturi Lekkinen too. He scored a couple game winners. Like Colorado, Joe Sakic. You know, well, yeah, Le- Le- Lekkinen had fucking fourteen points in twenty games. It's unbelievable, I mean, and he did it for Montreal last year. Was he a deadline deal? Uh, yes, he came over from Montreal. Did he? Was it deadline? Or, but at some point, yeah, that he was came, a recent trade. Yeah, because he played with Montreal the year before. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, all in all, a great season. It's going to be interesting the next couple of weeks. What happens? Who signs where? Um, the unrestricted goaltenders. When you look at the list. It's a lot of, I would say, not washed up, but players that are in the twilight of their career. Several guys have already shown interest to go to Europe. Um, you know, there's maybe a flyer on Brayden Holtby, uh, Brayden Holtby, uh, Martin Jones, maybe. No. Um, I know that it's unlikely, right? But if you wanted to get somebody under the two million or the three million mark, maybe you could take a flyer on Listen, that. Listen, if 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 Mark Andre Fleury was smart. He would he would pick up the phone and call Brendan Shanahan and say, "I'll I'll, I'll play for two million. Yeah, I want to try and win a cup. Yeah, I want one more. I got a year or two left. Yeah, like if he leaves two million on the table, okay, it's not going to fucking hurt him. Yeah, that guy's made a boatload of money. Yeah, what do you want to do now? You want to win? It was sort of like what Lundqvist tried to do by going to Washington. Yep. You got to. That's the deal, and that that's the only gift Toronto's going to get." to help them with this situation. So uh, another question would be New York has uh, Gorgiev as an RFA right yeah. now. No? He's not a starter. 
Okay. He's not a starter. Not 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 yet. He, he he's the perfect NHL backup. Yeah. If you can find a way to keep him for as long as you can, yeah. Because you'll get twenty eight games out of him. You'll probably get sixteen wins. Yeah. Eighteen wins. That's the backup you want. Yeah. But and you you know you you try and keep them for as long as you can till they price themselves out or they want to go and play and yeah. they want a shot right. I think that free agency with the goaltending because we don't see any like just absolute you know I know Darcy Kemper um, is stand, is a standout because he just won but if you're looking for like the guy there's probably nobody else other than Mark Andre Fleury yeah which makes me wonder if there are teams. Like my LA Kings, who have two quality goaltenders, but maybe we're not there yet. Does Jonathan Quick want to go try to win one, or would somebody pay overpay? Um, San Jose Sharks. We talked about it no. um, at the deadline. We talked about you can't go chasing it like that. So at the deadline, the Sharks traded for Kakinen from Minnesota. Yeah, Kakinen's I think twenty seven, twenty eight years old, young younger guy quality goaltender they have three quality goaltenders um on under contract right now so did they do that knowing that they were going to be able to hold some chips have three guys that maybe the league is interested in and they're able to i mean you you gotta you gotta remember these three guys i don't know who these three guys are i mean reimer's been around a long time former leaf does he go back to toronto you gotta win games you gotta win games we're talking to apples and oranges um but no, I, I understand what you're saying. I get you know, it. Pittsburgh, when we were talking about how they got down to their third string goalie and everybody was kind of saying, oh, Louis Domingue's a third string goalie. Louis Domingue's a third string goalie. Well, Louis Domingue looked pretty. Well, uh, we'll see. You know, maybe there's a position. We'll see. That, that's the beauty of this game is that you want guys to come up every single year and challenge and make mm-hmm. names for themselves. Yeah. The de- that that doesn't mean that you go and sign them to be an unrestricted free agent. Unrestricted free agent goalie signings yeah. are one in a mil. Like it's you got you got to be sure. Yeah. Okay. Because you're gonna be stuck with that number for a long time, and you want this guy to win you games. Yeah. You want you want him to win you games, but it needs to be done through drafting, like Shostirkin, so you can sign them early, yep. and it doesn't kill your cap. Yep. That's what this whole game's about, and you you can't do it on the fly. Yep. Episode 15, No Gruffs Given. We'll see you guys next week.